It was Cheryl who had taught him to love Whitman. Before the girls came along, they'd sit out under the stars on a blanket at the farmhouse, and she would quote, When I heard the learned astronomer. It was partly those moments, the biggest part, that had brought him to Brooklyn in the first place, after she and the girls had died. He'd moved into the city because he'd grown tired of wandering around the farmhouse, watching the dust drift through the early morning light, listening for the stirrings that would never come again. He'd moved to the city to experience firsthand what she'd always admired from afar, in the hope that by losing himself in the blur of faces, he could somehow lose his memory. But try as he might, he'd not been able to love Brooklyn, perhaps because, try as it might, it had not been able to make him stop loving her. He thought back to the day that the call had come in with the labored breathing of his beautiful wife. Cheryl and the girls had been in Boston visiting her parents when they had driven through the tunnel on their way to Logan. He had stayed behind to lay a new tile in the kitchen, and he was just putting the finishing touches on the grout when he heard the phone ring. Seeing her number pop up, he had surely picked up and made some crack about their sleeping late and missing their flight. There was dead silence on the other end, as he heard only his wife wheezing and slowly pushing out that she loved him, that there had been a terrible accident. Something had crushed the car. She didn't know what and didn't know if they would make it. He gripped the phone in confusion and desperation and began to cry into it helplessly. Baby? Baby? Oh, God. Baby? Are you there? The noises of chaos came to overtake his wife's whispers, and eventually the line had gone dead in a horrible screech of metal. The next hour, the longest of his life, was spent on the phone with area hospitals and police and fire departments. No one could tell him anything. Eventually he got a call from Mass General, an officer something or other. Mr. Richter? The tone and the voice told him all he needed to know. The rest had been a blur of details. A concrete panel had come loose from the ceiling in the big dig tunnel, just as his wife had passed underneath it. The resulting blow had caved in the driver's side compartment and sent the car careening into the walls of the tunnel. His wife had survived the initial crush, but his two daughters had been thrown from the vehicle. All were now gone. He would need to come to Boston to identify the bodies. Clay had thought of that moment a thousand times since that day, but it never stopped leaving a pang. It was a still-opened wound. It left a pang now as he took the last bite of his energy bar and stood up and slipped on his backpack. He knew it was foolish to wish that it had been he that was taken, as though the wishing could somehow alter the hands of fate. It was the kind of thinking that led to a comment he'd heard a man make while walking along the promenade. The man had been walking with a friend and shaking his head in disbelief when he stated, 
I was watching the news on CNN about New Jersey, and I almost felt guilty that those poor people got hit so hard when we didn't. Clay thought this was exactly that kind of death-wish thinking that life in the city promulgated, and that now he was escaping. He came out of the park and jogged quickly north to Prospect, where he ascended the stairs to the opening of the Brooklyn Bridge walkway. Looking up at the thick, twisted cables that formed a warp and weft like a net in the sky, he thought they looked as much like a snare as they did a support. The granite and limestone towers rose in their neo-Gothic austerity across the span of the two shorelines. The waters swirled past in their still dangerous attitude that, even at that moment, had shut down the tunnel servicing the subways and the ferries offering conveyance. The bridge stood massive in its impact and arrogance, having just laughed off Sandy like she was a bad joke. Untold wonders of the world had come and gone like so many flowers in a summer field, only to disappear into the dusts of history. Some, like the lighthouse of Alexandria, had lasted millennia, while others, like the Colossus of Rhodes, had lasted but the blink of an eye.